Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. If you would have told me two years ago, three years ago, that I would be in the middle of a political movement, I would have said, put down Hunter's crack pipe. Right now. <laughs> Million, million votes, my ass. I want to hear more of this. 81 million votes, my ass. I do not love this lady. The crime was committed in yeah. broad daylight. Damn right. You tell me, Harry. Harry ran for uh, governor in Arizona. I remember the first time uh, I went to Arizona, I was there for, I think, spring training baseball, maybe the All Star game. I don't know. Somebody said to me, don't worry, it's dry heat, it's not bad. I landed in Scottsdale, it was like 115 degrees, it was hot as balls. I was like, let me tell you something, folks, hot is hot. Arizona's hot. But uh, Carrie Lake is red hot, running for uh, governor. And uh, what's funny is, she ran for governor, is moments ago, MSNBC, they were playing some of the Donald Trump, Brett Baer interview last night. And what are they stuck on all morning? That Donald Trump is still talking about this baseless fact that the election was stolen. And it was. And the same thing happened to Carrie Lake out in Arizona. Isn't that right, Carrie Lake? Welcome to the show. We... <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be on, Sid. It's I love how they ask him the question and then, you know, they ask him the question and they go, why would he talk about it? But that's all they ask about. Right, right. Which is great. They should be asking about it. We've got to reform our elections. We can't keep having these rigged elections. Well, for the folks that don't know, I mean, of course, you you know, you became a big deal on the scene because, A, uh, you're brilliant, and, B, you're on our side, and, C, we're still a very, very shallow society and you're good-looking. So uh, even guys in New York are like, hey, look at that girl. I'm being honest. <laughs> so, so when all that went down, what really happened in your state? Because you seemingly had an insurmountable lead, and then you lost. How'd that happen? Yeah, I mean, our, our internal polls, which are the good ones, showed us up 10 points, 11 points. I was running against, um, I mean, just envision a female John Fetterman, Joe Biden combo. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, who could not even <laughs> string a sentence together. I mean, she's practically incapable of speaking, wouldn't debate, hid in, you know, hid at home, never campaigned, didn't have a single policy. And and we had the entire state excited about restoring our government and giving it back to we the people. And they knew they couldn't beat us uh, with a candidate because they have no ideas on the left. And so they, they simply rolled out an election day that was so fraught with corruption. They, the machines didn't work. On election day, when our people showed up, the 60 percent of the machines were inoperable at all. They put the bad machines at all the Republican polling places and, um, and basically rigged a, and sabotaged election day. Not only that, they threw in hundreds of thousands of bogus ballots with uh, no signature verification, um, no chain of custody. They did what they did in 2020 with Trump, 
but they did it even more boldly right in front of our faces on election day. We had five and six hour lines. It was outrageous. And we're fighting it. We're still in the courts because we're not going to back down from the fight. Good. Keep fighting it. I like that. And then, you know, uh, like Trump supporters keep asking me, Carrie, they go, you know, there's really four states that may decide this next election. And quite frankly, your state is one of them. How do we know that Arizona is not going to do it again, what they did to Trump, what they did to Lake? And honestly, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Well, I mean, I I feel the same way, and that's why I'm fighting it. I had actual conservatives tell me, well, don't fight it. Don't go to court over this. Just run again. And I said, are you kidding? Why would I run in this corrupt system? So we're fighting it in court, and we're actually getting – you know, the the, uh, fake news will say we're getting no victories, but we're moving this thing through – we're revealing the corruption, and we may not have judges who are bold and courageous enough to act on this, but we're showing the people how it's done. And, and part, of the, part of the mission is to wake up the people as to how bad our elections are. So that's why I continue to fight it. We've appealed our case, and we're waiting for a date, a court date, and we're just not going to stop. So that's how, we, that's how we win. And I think eventually we'll get a judge who the pressure is so great, and a judge who knows that if we don't act now, we lose our country forever. So I was reading this uh, this morning. Uh, this is Carrie Lake, ran for governor in, uh, in Arizona. She is a rising star. Trust me, she's got it all. And it reads like this, Carrie Lake, on indictment, quote, you will not lay a finger on President Trump. I'm going to read this. It goes, this is Carrie, if you want to get to President Trump, you're going to have to go through me, and have to go through 75 million Americans just like me. You go on to say, um, that is not a threat. That's a public service announcement. We will not let you lay a finger on President Trump. Frankly, now is the time to cling to our guns and our religion. Just so you know, I'm a huge, huge advocate of the Second Amendment. But the, the left sees that, you know, MSNBC sees that, and they go, wow. This lady's only lying about her own election, but she gun crazy, too. So I'm sure if you said that, you've been getting a lot of hate mail, yes? Um, I'm, I'm Constitution crazy. I love the Constitution. <laughs> right. And as last I checked, we still have freedom of speech. I know it's clinging, you know, it's just barely hanging by a thread, and we still have our Second Amendment. And I frankly think our Second Amendment is what's going to save our country. You know, the, the government is afraid of the people. That's how you want it. You don't want the people afraid of the government. And that's why they're trying to enact gun control. And I know I'm speaking to a New York audience, and they may not be, um, you know, as Second Amendment um, in the fans. Let, let me, let me just tell you, tell you this. All, all, all of my friends, they've got guns. <laughs> just so you know, you're in New York. My friends got guns. So you keep talking. You know, it's fun. It's funny, Sid, that they, they attacked me for saying that. But when, um, you know, Jane Fonda goes on The View and literally calls for murder for people who are pro-life yeah. and pro-life activists, I thought, wow. And the media went silent on that. So it just shows you we're living in upside-down times. And that's why we're trying to bring attention to it. You know, the song you played earlier, we put that out. It's number one. It's, it's hitting the top of three billboard charts. People are speaking with their money right now and saying, this is where we are. This is what we believe. And and that's why I put my book out. I wanted to lay out what they did wrong in our election. I wanted to lay out how they stole it. But I also wanted to lay out how we take this America First movement, which is common sense, not radical, not extreme, like the left tries to, you know, uh, label us. 
we have actual common sense solutions that work for America. And I, I was on the campaign trail for 525 days. I'm telling you, these are the policies that hardworking, everyday Americans want. They want a secure border. They want safe streets. They want their kids to get a decent education with some actual skills so that when they leave high school, they're ready to take on a job. And, and frankly, they, they want to make sure we're not getting, uh, our kids aren't getting their hands on fentanyl and other deadly drugs. So I think America First policies are the only way out of the mess that this political elite has gotten us into. You mentioned the book, and the title is Unafraid, Just Getting Started, which should make the Democrats very afraid. Uh, the book is being released on June 27th. They've called you Trump in heels the most dangerous politician in America. And this one is going to piss off your friend Marjorie Taylor Greene. You have been called the MAGA queen. I would imagine you love all these, right? You're not upset about these. You love all these, right? <laughs> I love it. When one of the uh, liberals in the media called me Trump in heels, I think they thought I would be uh, upset by that. They right. said, are you kidding? That's a great compliment. I'll take it any day. Listen, I'm, I am uh, not just a, an advocate for and a supporter of President Trump. I think he's one of the greatest presidents in our history, and I believe he is the man for the moment so right I. now. If, so we, do if we don't give yep. him an office, yep. um, we're, heading, we're heading straight toward a globalist um, life and yep. world, and it's not going to look good for our kids. No, I agree. I'm, I'm just a, Yep. I'm a proponent of America First policies. They are the greatest policies, and I, I lay out how we take this movement forward. I hope President Trump is around forever and ever, but we also want to make sure that this movement he started continues and goes on beyond President Trump. No, I agree. If God is good to me, I'll be 57 next April. And in my lifetime, Carrie, I'm much older than you. Uh, Reagan was the greatest two-term president I've ever had, and Trump the greatest one term. He needs that second term. We need him. I don't want to hear about DeSantis or Scott or a guy. God bless them all. We need uh, Trump back. But yet, while you're admitting to me in this, uh, what's been a great conversation, Carrie, while you're admitting to me how much you love Donald Trump, when some guy named Liam Bartlett on the Australian version of 60 Minutes said, your man, Donald Trump, you got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> You know why I got pissed? I thought it was disrespectful toward President Trump. I mean, who says that? You know, your man. It's like, yeah. you know, he's, he's our president, and I respect him. He did so many good things. I mean, can we just look at what he did for our country? We had safe streets. We had a secure border. I covered, you know, Arizona as a journalist, a broadcast journalist. I covered it for 27 years. That border was never more secure than under President Trump. And he had to fight tooth and nail to get every mile of that border wall built and he had to fight his own party he had to fight people like some of the guys who are running for office right now they voted against the border wall and that's unforgivable coming from an arizona we need that and we need to finish that wall and he brought us peace in the middle east he brought an end to war he didn't start any new wars and that's why they don't want him because the war machine is a money machine and i believe that when he says he'll end that ukraine um war with Russia in 24 hours, yeah. I think he might even end it sooner than that. And, and the reason being is because Joe Biden is stoking it by pouring our hard-earned treasure into that region to continue a war that's killing Ukra innocent Ukrainians and doesn't need to be fought right now. You know, one of the only criticisms I have of Trump, nobody's perfect, I'm sorry. I always say even Vince Lombardi lost a game, you know. Even uh, maybe even Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling out in your state lost a game every now and then. Uh, my, my only criticism is what he said about uh, John McCain. 
And being you're an Arizona lady, John McCain, of course, from the great state of Arizona, I was very close with John and Cindy, loved them. And uh, Trump has never really apologized or taken that back. In fact, he's doubled down on that. Did you have a relationship with John McCain? What did you think when Trump said that about your state senator? Well, I have a whole chapter in the book on that, and I and I hope people will buy it because it's it, and I don't hold back. I covered President Trump and I covered John McCain, and I've known John McCain and the family for many years because as a journalist I covered them. And it's really interesting that John McCain, who has his flaws, he's a human being, and and really pushed some horrible policy and didn't do a ton for the people of Arizona, is somehow off limits to criticism. I've never seen any politician who you cannot criticize their policies, their votes, the decisions they made in politics, except for McCain. You bring up his name, and if it's not in in just complete adoration, you get attacked for it. And I think that's unfair. I I hadn't even served. I was running, and I was ripped apart every day for absolutely nothing. It comes with the territory. Yeah, but but, but, but when Trump comes out and and critiques his war record— but the guy was a legitimate hero in a POW, and Trump wouldn't co-serve in a billion years. He does kind of come off cowardly. you got to admit that. Well, I will just say this. I do respect John McCain's service to our country. My, my uh, father was a veteran, and my, uh, my uncle was a veteran. I, I respect all of our veterans, anybody who's willing to lay it on the line for our country. But what I, what I don't care for is the fact that you can't criticize what he did for the people of Arizona, which isn't much. He promised us for eight years. Yep. He promised us for eight years that he was going to uh, repeal, get rid of Obamacare. And when that fell squarely on his shoulders, he went in there and he, they were ready to repeal Obamacare and get us something better. And he put the thumbs down. Yeah. He promised for eight years, 10 years to build the wall. He never did it. And when Trump said, let's do it, he worked hard to stop Trump. He never did much for Arizona except come home every six months and run for reelection, and then he ignored us for five and a half years, and it was rinse and repeat. So I just don't know why somebody who uh, was in politics for 30-plus years is somehow given a, a free pass on any criticism That's fair. of what he did. That's and then fair. he went to Ukraine, and he yep. helped destabilize that yep. region. And you, yep. could, you could even put some of the blame for what's happening over there on some of the actions of Senator, then Senator John McCain. And with all that said, if John McCain would have called you instead of Sarah Palin, you would have gladly been his running mate, yes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in the midst of a career at the time. I know. But, you know, Sid, you said something kind of interesting, and, and I had it said many times in the campaign trail. And somebody would say, well, I like Trump, but what about this? And he's a little bit his Twitter feed, and what about that? And I would say, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could dial up the exact personality of, you know, everybody in our world so that it pleased us? But that's just not how it works. Right. And to right. be honest, just as we needed Ronald Reagan when he came on the scene and, and became president in 1980, um, when I was 10, and I'll never forget when he won, how excited I was as a 10-year-old, um, we needed a guy with optimism and who showed us that we could get out of the ash heap that, that, that Clint or Carter left us in. Yep. We needed, in 2015, when Trump came down that escalator, a bull in a china shop, a brash New Yorker, to wake us up and get the job done. And I agree. I'm happy that brash New Yorker yep. put it all on the line and threw everything um, that he had done to the side 
and said, I'm going to step in and help my country. We need we need brash New Yorkers. No, I agree. Know I know. Listen, I'm a brash New Yorker myself. And much like Donald Trump, very, very flawed. Really flawed. But, uh, but brash New Yorkers know what they're doing. In the last 30 seconds, and this has been great, Carrie Lake, will you run for Senate? You know what? I'm considering it. I'm still working on our uh, our case right now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be talking with our attorneys later today, and we're working our appeal. I my my goal is to is to restore faith in our elections, and so I'm going to do whatever I can on that front, and I will make a decision on that. May have to do it. I may have to jump in there because they tried to they tried to bribe me out of politics so I wouldn't run again, and asked me how much would it take for me to not run for office. Wow. And if if the powers that be uh, the political elite want me out of politics. Something tells me I should stay in. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Go get them. The book is uh, Unafraid, just getting started. It uh, does become available this Tuesday, June 27th. I love this conversation. I thought you were great, and all I ask is that you come back again. Good luck with the book, your political career, all of it. Carrie Lake, thank you so much. Thank you, Sid, and, and I love you, and I love New York. Uh, we love you, too. I love you, too. Thank you. There she is. Well, she's great. Carrie Lake. Wow. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.